Amen. Well, let us pray. Father, we're so thankful for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit is our guide. You said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you in the person of the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, we, um, we just submit to you today. You know every person in this place. You know where everyone is at. You know the word that they need to hear to take them where you want them to go. Holy Spirit, it's through your power that a man can speak words and everyone hears something slightly different that they need to hear at that time. We ask that the testimony of your presence be the fact that every single person under the sound of my voice, every man, woman, boy, and girl, hear a word that releases them into a greater life in you. Uh, and Lord, we thank you. We believe that will happen. Uh, I ask you to help me, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let us open our Bibles to the book of Amos chapter 3. Uh, let's start from there this morning. I'll try to be brief. It says, if a trumpet is blown in a city, will not the people be afraid? If there is calamity in the city, will not the Lord have done it? Surely the Lord God does nothing until, unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. The Lord, surely the Lord does nothing except he reveals the secret to his servants, the prophets. You know, in the New Testament, over and over again, the Bible says that it is not God's will that we be ignorant. Hallelujah. In fact, at one point, Jesus criticized the Jews for he said to them, it is you are able to properly interpret what is going on with the weather. When it is red, you know it's going to rain. You can tell what is going to happen. How is it, you hypocrites, that you cannot discern the times and seasons of God? You know, God wants us to know what he is doing. Amen. He does not want us to be caught unawares. He wants us to have knowledge concerning what he is doing because God will never do anything in the earth unless he first reveals it to a prophetic people. Amen. And the prophetic are those who are able to see and to hear what the Lord is doing. How many of you know that the body of Christ is prophetic? Amen. A prophetic person is not somebody who eats locusts and wild honey and wears, um, you know, um, clothes from the 60s. Yeah, that is not what prophetic means. Prophetic means that you are tuned into a higher frequency. In Isaiah 55, God said, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways and my thoughts. But my, I have given my word, hallelujah. My word is a revelation of what I'm thinking. And the word is not just scripture. There is a living word. The Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that is proceeding from the mouth of God. There is a current word, hallelujah, that has spirit and has life. And is revealing what God is doing in the earth. And a prophetic people are a people that can perceive and hear what God is doing. Hallelujah. Because God always sends out a sound. In ancient Israel, they will blow a trumpet. And when a trumpet sound was heard, they understood what its sound meant. And when there was a call for war, they discerned it and came together. Hallelujah. Before anything happens, God always sends a sound. But our ability to lay hold.
hold on the sound of God is determined by how maturing we are in discerning what the Lord is saying. Praise the Lord. You know, sometimes, and we know this, that the realm of the Spirit is a more powerful realm than the physical realm. Everything that happens in the physical is a consequence of what is happening in the Spirit. We know that there are two kingdoms. We know that the kingdom of God rules over all. Hallelujah. But you know, sometimes it is difficult to tell what is about to happen or it's difficult to discern what is happening in the spirit based on um, what's happening currently physically because they don't tally. The physical will catch up eventually, but you need to be tuned into the spirit to see what is coming. I'll give you a couple of examples. Remember, uh, and we won't look at the scriptures, but if you look at Luke chapter 2, you see a scenario where there were shepherds in the field by night, and they were just doing their whole, their normal thing, and angels appeared to them and talked about the fact that a, a child was born who was going to be the savior of the world. And they went to Bethlehem where the child was, where Jesus was, and, and they bowed and worshipped the Lord, and, um, and they were... Uh, you know, they were thankful for what God had done. And there was peace in Bethlehem on that, time, on that night. In fact, you know, if you look at nativity scenes, you see um, Jesus in the stables. And, um, you know, there's quiet. We have songs like Silent Night, Holy Night. All is calm and all is bright. But you see, while that was happening physically, in the spirit... The picture was different. In fact, if you look at the book of Revelation, chapter 12, real quick, look at verse 3. It says, And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon, having um, seven heads and ten horns, and seven diadems on his head, and his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven, and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron and her child was caught up to God and to his throne. While there was silent night and holy night in Bethlehem, in the spirit there was war taking place in heaven. In the spirit, an enemy was arrayed against that family to devour that child. And a few days later, what was happening in the realm of the spirit began to manifest in the physical. If you look at the book of Matthew chapter 2, real quick, verse 1 says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and we have come to worship him. When Herod heard, the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Verse 7 says, Then Herod, when he secretly called the wise men, determined from them when the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Let's keep down to verse 11. It says, and when they had come into the house, that's the wise men, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. 
And when they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed to their own country another way. Now when they departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and flee to Egypt. Everyone say flee. And stay there until I bring you word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Verse 16 says, Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and put to death. Everyone say put to death. Put to death the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they were no more. So even though on a particular night there was a silent night and holy night in Bethlehem, there was something happening in the heavens that you will not perceive unless you were keyed into heavenly frequencies. Are you with me? When Joseph connected with the angels of God, the angel of God spoke a word to him which was out of line with what he was experiencing physically. There was an urgency. The angel said, it is time to go. Go now. Flee to Egypt. You may not see what is about to happen, but what is happening is there is going to be a rampage of the enemy. It is time to flee. Hallelujah. And as he interacted with God and perceived what God was saying and aligned himself with it, himself and his family were safe. Hallelujah. You know, I hear an urgency in the spirit. As I have been praying about 2019, I sense an urgency in the spirit. And that is why we as a church have designated 2019 the year of the rising army. Hallelujah. Because in the midst of the darkness, God is raising an army of light. Thank God most of us have never lived through a time of physical war. But we know a time of war is very different from a time of peace. Our focus is different during a time of war. The rations are different during a time of war. War is marked by discipline. It is marked by strategy. It is marked by goals. It is marked by courage and boldness. Hallelujah. Can I say by the Holy Spirit... But that what the Lord is saying is this is a time to get into position as the army of God and it is an urgent call. Isaiah 2 talks about the fact that, uh, uh, Isaiah 60 talks about the fact that darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But he says that the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. You are the army of God that God is preparing. And this year is a year of pruning. It is a year where God is chiseling this copter into, into, this copter into position so that it will take its place 
when the enemy comes in like a floor, because the Spirit of God will use you to raise a standard against him. This is a time to get serious with our faith. This is a time to get serious with our growth in God. As the Lord grants me access into the Spirit, what I'm seeing is urgency. Urgency, 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 urgency. And when I come out of these experiences and I look around me, I think, but we're doing okay. You get into the spirit, it's a different sound. Urgency, urgency, urgency. So as a church, we are taking, we're not going to be disobedient to the heavenly vision. Recently, I was in a, I was in a prophetic round table with a, a bunch of, uh, a group of trust, uh, trusted people and, um, and I was hearing the same things. Urgency, urgency, urgency. You know, God has ordained your life for a time such as this. He ordained the time of your birth. He ordained the boundary of your dwelling. He has put you in Nigeria this time. I like what Chinri was saying um, uh, about the power of the secret place. Yeah? Because the reason why God places you in a place like this at this time is because he needs you here. Are you with me? Salt is not meant for the salt shaker. It is meant for a context where that, that saltiness is needed. Yeah? Darkness, light doesn't flee from darkness. It is darkness that flees at the speed of light when light shows up. Hallelujah. So like never before, we've got to stand as shining lights. For me in 2019... There are three things that are priority. Number one is a priority of prayer. And in this church called High Life, we are going to embrace a priority of prayer. Prayer is not what's something that is going to be relegated to a group of the prophetic team or watchman team or prayer team. You are going to see prayer happening everywhere. It's going to happen in children's church. It's going to happen in Ignite because there are no young spirits. Our children are going to learn to pray. Prayer is going to come into our main service. It is not something that we're going to tack on at the end of the service for those who have the energy to continue. No, if you are going to come to church in High Life Church in 2019, you are going to pray. Prayer does two things. One thing prayer does is it gives us access into the mind of God. You only know what you know and what you know is not enough for the times ahead. In Jeremiah 33, 3, he says, call upon me and I will answer you and I will show you something you don't know. Hallelujah. Prayer is not me telling God what I want, uh, what I want him to do. Prayer is me speaking, entering into the mind of God and letting him educate me on what I need to do in this time. It does two things. Number one, it gives us access into God's mind. For you to have access into God's mind, it means that not only will you pray, but you will learn to wait on the Lord because prayer is meant to be a dialogue. Hallelujah. You are going to be educated in the habits that will ensure that your prayer time is a time where you will receive from God, not just tell God about stuff. And that is why the prayer centers are so important. Because the people leading the prayer centers have been taken through a process. 
And when we gather together to pray, when we come on Saturday to pray, on Tuesday to pray, on Thursday to pray, that is a priority. We want to learn how to access God's mind. Because believe you me, if you don't know how to access God's mind, then you are missing out on a privilege of being the new creation. Because that come boldly to the throne of grace. That you may obtain mercy and find grace to help. The grace to help most of the time is higher knowledge and higher wisdom. You can know that is the truth because when you go to the Old Testament and you see people inquiring of the Lord, the Lord will give them grace to help. He will tell them what to do. Are you with me? He told Jehoshaphat, you will not fight in this battle. I will fight. Yeah? Isaiah, um, Elijah understood what was happening in the camps of the enemy. You saw over and over again David speaking uh, inquiring of the Lord and the Lord giving him strategies. Prayer is the key to insight. If we are not getting insight and higher wisdom, it means that we have not learned how to pray yet. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm somebody that's very good at admitting my faults. If it ain't working, it ain't working. I need to get new knowledge. And the problem is not with God. The problem is with me. Hallelujah. That is the first thing that prayer does. Because you know the arm of flesh is going to fail in 2019. Jonah said salvation is of the Lord. Salvation only comes of him. Salvation only comes out of interacting with the mind of God. That is the only place salvation comes. If you are not in that secret place, you will flee at the sound of one. They'll say boom and you will run. Because you are not armed with higher knowledge. We must be armed with higher knowledge. Hallelujah. And when we go through this process, we will. We will. You can't be interacting with God and not get surprised by what he tells you. If your life is, you know, everything is about how you think things are happening, then you are not interacting with God because he says that when you interact with me, you will have access to higher ways and higher thoughts. The second thing that prayer does, James 5.16 says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person makes much power available. In John 7.37, Jesus said, come to me, who is anyone who is thirsty, and drink, because out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. The second thing that prayer does is that as we pray, particularly in the spirit, we release from our inner man. We release from our inner man the power of God into the earth to establish his will. If you look at um, um, 1 Kings uh, 17 to 19, um, and um, the, 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 in fact, let us look at that real quick. Hallelujah. I'm hearing an urgency in the spirit. There's no time to waste. You don't have the rest of your life. Your time of revelation is now. Your time of revelation is when? It's now. Your time to take your position is now. And you will only find that position in the spirit. Hallelujah. You will only find that position in the spirit as you are, as you are, 
as you are interacting with the Holy Ghost. First Kings 18, if you look at, um, let's go all the way down to verse, verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went out to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to the servant, go up and look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and, the, and he said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. You know, in James chapter 5, when he was talking about this incident, he said, Elijah was a man of like passions like you and I are. Yet he prayed and it did not rain in Israel for three years. And then he prayed again and the heavens gave rain. When you read the story in 1 Kings 18, when he was speaking to Ahab, he said, everything I have done, I have done because God told me to do it. So God told Elijah when to pray to stop the rain. And God told Elijah when it was time for rain to be restored. So Elijah was aligning with the will of God. Now, if God tells you, I am bringing success into your business this year, or I am going to put you into a position of great um, uh, authority this year, you and I will just call people around our houses and celebrate. But God told Elijah, it is time to bring rain on the earth. And what Elijah did was he went up to Mount Carmel to pray. So when we pray, what we are doing is we are releasing the power of God in the earth for the establishment of what we know his will to be. Are you with me? When Elijah was praying, you know, the, the posture of um, putting your head between the knees is a posture in Semitic culture of childbirth. He was giving birth to something. The purpose that God has for you must be birthed, hallelujah, and it must be birthed in the spirit. The purpose of God for our nation must be birthed, and it is birthed by praying people. Elijah went up to the top of the mountain, and he was sending his servant out to look, and he was not going to stop praying until that which was in the spirit burst forth into the physical. He kept praying until he saw something. He kept praying until that power that was being released through his prayer was enough to bring into the physical the will of God. It does two things, prayer does. It gives us insight into God's mind. And as we, as we align with God's mind and begin to pray it out, we are establishing in the realm of the spirit the things that God has ordained and we'll see the manifestation in the physical. I'm going to say by the Holy Spirit that there is a shaking coming to our nation and it is a shaking that is going to result in our nation being established and to fulfill its prophetic destiny. Nigeria has a prophetic destiny. There is a reason why Nigerians, Nigeria is the most populous country in Africa, why it is the largest population, I mean, economy in Africa, why every five black Africans is a Nigerian. It's not just because we like having a lot of children. Nigeria has a prophetic destiny. Hallelujah. 
And when we fulfill our prophetic destiny, it is going to affect this continent and it is going to affect the world. But there are issues in the foundation of this nation that are incorrect, that are wrong. And it does not matter how much you try to build. If you build on a wrong foundation, everything you build will keep falling down. But God is coming to visit this nation. He is coming to do foundational reconstruction in our nation called Nigeria. And as a, as a result of God visiting this nation, there is going to be a shaking. But believe you me, child of God, this shaking is not to cause you to fear. This shaking is for you to understand that the redemption of God for this nation is near. So as we stand to pray, we are going to pray against every person that has established wickedness in this nation. Every person that has stood as a pillar of wickedness in this nation... We are going to align with the plan of God and we're going to release the shaking of God and they will be taken out of the way. We are going to pray that this time of shaking will be short so that righteous, innocent people are not needlessly destroyed. We are going to pray that believers like you and I will understand the secret place and show believers how to enter into the name of the Lord and be safe. Hallelujah. But shaken has to come so that that which cannot be shaken will remain. We have a great destiny. We have a great future. But like Daniel said, the people of God must be strong. They must be strong in the spirit. They must know what God is doing. They must rise as a mighty army. They must align with what the Father is doing. Hallelujah. And be light in the darkness. That is what this year is about. So I want to encourage you. You know, when you start seeing stuff, when you start seeing changes in service formats, it is because we're in a time of war. You may not have seen what I've seen, but what I have seen has created within me an urgency. Hallelujah. When I say war, I'm not talking about physical war. I'm talking about war in the spirit. You understand? It is a time of alignment. And in the months ahead, you will see why. But that is not when. You see, if Joseph was still in, uh, in Bethlehem, when Herod's guys came, how, how many of you know that that's the wrong time to be there? Are you with me? You know, when on the last day of uh, the night before the exit from Egypt, every Israelite knew what to do. Every Israelite. In every Israelite home, they were inside their house, they were eating a lamb, and there was blood on the lintels and doorposts. It was no longer one man of God in, uh, let me find a location that you'll be able to resonate with. It was not one man of God somewhere that was declaring that thus yet the Lord. No. Everybody came into united knowledge. Are you with me? That was the only plague that it wasn't just Moses standing up and saying this is what's going to happen. Everybody had to come into united knowledge. Every family did the same thing in their homes. That is the time we're in. It's not about your pastor. It's not about the church you're part of. No, it is about you as a person, as, an, as, an, as a family, aligning with what God is saying in this hour. Hallelujah. And you will enter into safety this year. You will enter into promotion this year. As there was calamity in the land of Egypt, 
the children of Israel were rejoicing uh, because that was their day of exit. Do you understand? And do you know that some Egyptians went with them and entered into a covenant that was not theirs because they saw what was happening in the lives of the people of God. And that is why out of Zion will go forth the law. That is why the world will come to the light of the church and receive instruction and direction. But if they come to a lot of the church right now, the church themselves do not know the way to go. And that is why we must enter into higher knowledge. Let us stand to our feet. Hallelujah.